2: Is your time? We're in this game.
0: An impossible goal.
1: These guys are good, scary good, and this crowd is
2: going bananas.
1: As they say in
2: hockey, let's do that hockey.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lieboff. And joining me for this, our third of four season preview episodes, is my co-host and colleague, Nick Martin. Uh, and we've also brought along Tim Kalinowski uh, from the Action Network, who we will be hearing a lot more from on this podcast throughout this season uh, when he's not too busy talking about the NFL and uh, all that goes on in, in that sport. But uh, today's episode is, is pretty special. It's one of our favorites for the entire year. Perhaps the favorite for the entire year. Uh, it's the awards betting special. We'll go through all the major NHL awards, talk about the odds boards, give out our favorite picks, um, and then spend what an hour and a half talking about Andre Tarigny to win the Jack Adams uh, later on in the show. But we'll start with the heart trophy, Tim and Nick. And this one is a pretty tough one to handicap. Connor McDavid is odds on at some places. He's, you know, between even money and, like, minus 125, depending on where you look. And the question is, do you just put your money in the Connor McDavid CD, or do you try to beat him? Nick, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm passing on McDavid this year. Um, Not really with any reason at all. He's just so far. He's such a heavy favorite and with good reason, but you're also not getting much of a price to fade injuries and that sort of thing, so... I don't think that's really enticing. This is the market where I kind of had the least uh, conviction on my picks. Um, I like Peterson as a long shot. We got into that. I think he's a tremendous two-way player. He's one of the favorites in the Selkie race. Should hit 100 points again. I think if Vancouver sneaks in the playoffs, that could be a really enticing angle for voters. So I think you're getting a long enough number to shoot with uh, Peterson there. And then my lean would be with Jack Hughes. I know timmy's gonna go there and i think he's gonna have huge season as well i love the devils this year i think they are gonna follow up last season and be a really really dominant team so those are the two i like and uh yeah with that i'll pass it along
1: so i i like uh petterson as well uh 66 out there like we talked about on our western conference preview show this is a a bona fide two-way star 102 points last year career high contract year for the guy i think uh, Vancouver should be improved. And like you said, if they do make the the postseason and he has a monster year, he'll he'll start to creep into creep onto ballots. Um, but my favorite pick in this uh market is one I gave out last year, and I'll stick with it. And I think that it'll at some point pay off at a big number, whether it's this season or in a coming seasons. I like Ilya Sorokin uh, at 80 to 1, the goaltender for the New York Islanders. I think you can use this logic for a goalie like Connor Hellebuck as well. But Sorokin is the Vezina favorite, and if he's good enough to win that award or to be the favorite for that award, he should be a shorter price in this market, and I think just the fact that he's a goalie has depressed uh, his number a bit. If, let's say he does win the Vezina, that means he's beating out Igor Shosturkin, he's beating out Usaros, he's beating out Connor Hellebuck, he's beating out, uh, you know, whoever's going to be playing for the Bruins, whether it's Swayman or, or Olmark, so... Rather than play him to win the Vezina as a favorite, I would much rather take a, a shot down the board here because he's Dominic Hasek level, I think. Uh, Hasek went back-to-back hearts in the late 90s. We haven't seen a goalie win the heart since Carey Price in 2015, but it happens. We've seen four um, since 97, so once every five years or so. Uh, and I like Sorokin's act number here. I think he should be like among the top 15 favorites at worst. Uh, Timmy. Uh, Nick said, or alluded to one of your picks, uh, but what, what else are you looking at?
2: Yeah, sorry, uh, you lost me. When you said uh, Islanders and depressed, I, I didn't know where that was going. So uh, yeah, I guess I'm like the Dustin Wolf of the crew here. Uh, I'm finally getting the call up to, to the big leagues uh, this season. So excited to be here first off. But yeah, I mean, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't not touch Jack Hughes. Um, I, I was worried when I looked at the market hey, uh, the Devils are a very trendy pick. Obviously, they, you know, the coming out party was last season. Am I going to get a number that's inflated? Because, you know, everyone's talking about the Devils. Everyone's talking about Jack Hughes. Everyone loves Jack Hughes. But hey, I, I see 18-1 out there. And for me, if the Devils, you know, it's correlated. If I think the Devils are going to have a really good season, then Jack Hughes must be expected to have a really good season. So, eight, you know, it's all about the whole McDavid thing, right? Like I don't want to play McDavid. This is betting. Betting's fun. I want to take long numbers. I want to, you know, root for something other than the favorite all season long. So I'm on Jack Hughes at 18 to one. And I'm also on Cal McCarr at 30 to one. This is the best defenseman in the league. I get him at 30 to one. Are you kidding me? So yeah, McDavid's best forward in the league, but give me a taste on the best defenseman in the league and a guy that can roll out of bed and score hundred points
1: last defenseman to win the heart trophy. Do you know,
2: I would say it could possibly be Ray Bork. It was Chris Pronger.
1: I think in, oh, Okay, was it 2000, 2002? Uh, 2000. Yeah. It was early 2000s pre-lockout, uh, Chris Pronger, um, different type yeah, of, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with the logic though. Like if he's the favorite to win the Norse,
0: I can't hate, I bet it last year for a worse yeah. number. So,
1: and, uh, yeah, I remember two seasons. I was two years too early on Jack Hughes. I bet him at like 130 to one in that uh, two years ago. So not going not gonna to get involved here at 18. But there you go. Uh, Elias Pettersson, Cal McCarr, Jack Hughes, uh, Ilya Frokin. Uh, those are our picks for the heart or our favorite bets. Obviously, if, if you ask us our picks, I think we all <laughs> yeah. tell you the same person. Uh, the show
2: would be 15 seconds long Yeah, for
1: our picks. <laughs> on to the rocket, Richard, which is the only subject, or excuse me, the only objective, award uh on this list it is always important to remember when you're betting awards that except for the rocket you're betting on human beings following the narrative so you want to kind of concoct something uh along those lines and i think that kind of plays into the heart trophy stuff is are people going to be have a little bit of mcdavid fatigue maybe uh if he scores like 125 points rather than 160 maybe people <laughs> won't think that's good enough considering the standard he set for himself uh, anyways, onto the rocket. Like I said, it is objective. Most goals in the league, a couple different ways to play this. Uh, McDavid, once again, is a favorite this time though. He's a little more lukewarm. He's plus two twenty-five to lead the league in goals again. It'll probably take 60, just at least get, uh, get considering where the league is trending. So you want to kind of ask yourself what players are capable of hitting that number. McDavid did it with 63 last year and uh, Matthews was over 60 the year before that. Uh, Nick, you have a couple different ways you want to attack this market, including uh, playing some players to not necessarily win the rocket, but uh,
0: lead their division in goals. Yeah, so first off, I liked Dry Settle. I didn't actually realize how much the price had moved. That was in my first Futures article this summer. So if you're someone who read that and took that, I still love it, but I didn't realize how far down it is now. So that was my favorite actual price out of... The goals markets, I like Caulfield to score 40 at plus 350, Kyle Connor to score 40 at plus 350, and Stamkos, same thing. I think all of them can easily play at that pace if they get health. If you look at Caulfield under St. Louis at the rate he's scored, that one getting plus 350 is pretty crazy when you're probably just needing him to play 80 games, which again isn't that likely, but we're factoring that in. It still seems like a pretty good number. Same thing for Kyle Connor. He's got a four-season sample of scoring at right about a 40-goal clip. His uh, shooting percentage was down about 3% last year. And if anything, this year, I think he's a little more well set up to get minutes with um, better players who will help him score more. Hopefully, Ehlers gets a little more use. I think Perfetti is going to be a little better. Hopefully, he stays healthy. So if anything, I prefer the usage he's going to get and the line mates he should have to last year. So I really like that with... uh, Kyle Connor and then same thing with Stephen Stamkos seems like they're kind of sleeping on him a bit after a down goal scoring year that power play is still gonna be really really good he's such a talented shooter gonna play with good goal scores. so contract year Stamkos I think uh, maybe feeling a little slighted is a good bet and then he's also 100 to 1 to win the division which there's a or to lead the division in goals there's a ton of good goal scorers in that division he's got Matthews he's got Tage all these guys but that number for me On a guy who scored sixty, albeit ten years ago, but uh, I still just think a little too long with how we could see Stamkos go off.
1: Yeah, I like that Stamkos number as well. Um, I think he's probably just not going to be consistent enough to factor into the rocket race. But when you're when you just consider, or when you just kind of water it down to the Atlantic Division, which has Austin Matthews and two teammates of his that are going to be favored over him in the market then the long number becomes a lot more uh, interesting. Plus, you know, he's a fun guy to root for. And
0: like you said, yeah. uh... (laughs) And specifically to tie in, like you said, with the division, why I like it with some of these guys. I mean, Caulfield's 50 to one. I think you could go there too. And even Connor, the central, I thought there were some enticing prices. I think maybe we see Robertson regress. But like you don't have dry side on McDavid in that. So for me, like it, it looks like the number was adjusted. A lot when you're getting those two out of there. I think one of them is pretty likely to pay off and and come through if they're healthy as uh, the Rocket winner. So I like getting them out of the mix there and getting some long numbers on these other guys.
1: The Rocket picks I landed on. I, I, I'll consider Brady Kachuk at 100 to one. Just I mean the guy just gets the puck on net so much that uh, if he can find a way to to score uh, more consistently and finish more consistently. He he has potential to make a like a quantum leap rather than just you know incrementally grow, growing his goal scoring. I like Kyle Connor sixty find eighties out there maybe. Uh, I saw them earlier in the summer. Um, obviously shop around and then I could also find a way in on Timo Meyer at fifty to one because he's a established forty goal scorer and the team he's he's about to play with the best team uh, he's ever played on should be a good power play. No matter where he plays on the lineup, whether it's with Hughes or Heischer, or Brad, there's going to be someone out there uh, that can facilitate with him. It is a little concerning that Hughes can take away some of the scoring, um, but it's 50 to one for a reason. It's just going to be so hard to beat the guys at the top, McDavid, Matthews, Pasternak, et cetera, um, but that I'd much rather take a shot on a guy, you know, 50 or longer and get paid off for being right than guys like Thompson or, or Robertson who I think most people are going to gravitate to in this market to be, to stand out, you know, the pundits out there, they're not going to want to pick McDavid or Pasternak or Matthews to be a little bold. They'll pick the Robertson and and Thompson's of the world, even though they're right up there uh, on the odds board. So uh, I'd rather go a notch below that. So Meyer, Connor, um, and maybe Brady Kachuk are the three that I I would consider. Uh, Tim, what about you?
2: Yeah. If you're looking for uh, a whole bunch of McDavid picks, uh, you're in the wrong place. You know, we, we like to take some long numbers here and, Kyle Connor is always seems to be underrated, even though he's a complete sniper for, for my picks, you know, all this stuff's kind of correlated. If you like one guy for something, you must like him for, for other words as well. So Jack Hughes, 30 to one. And what really stood out to me, you know, we are not the only hockey podcast out there. I was listening to Jack Hughes, 32 thoughts interview, and he was talking about that. Points goals matter to him. He he wants to be an 100 point guy. He he wants to uh, when even when the team's winning, he wants to feel like he contributed. So when I look at a guy who also is interested in his stats, that's you know for betting, that's value for me. I I I want a guy that's saying I want to fill the net up. I want to have my own legacy. I want to be that guy. So Jack Hughes, 30 to one for me. And then I also looked at Krill Kaprizov, and the reason I landed on Kaprizov is because. I looked at the top 20 scores from last year and only one guy in that top 20 played less than 70 games. And that would be Kaprizov. So he had 40 in 67 games played. This guy plays an entire season. I think he easily can get to the 60 goal mark. So again, I'm looking for value here and Kaprizov 40 to one tickled my fancy.
1: Yeah. He's I just talked about Timo Meyer and, and Jack Hughes kind of sharing the wealth on that jersey team. And, and then you've got to factor in Foley and Brad and Heesher as well. Uh, Kaprizov doesn't really have anybody competing for nope. for the goals on a, a Minnesota team that could struggle to find scoring consistently outside of Kirill uh, the Thrill. Call the trophy now. This is given out to uh, the Rookie of the Year, another odds-on favorite <laughs> in the situation with Connor Bedard. Adds a wrinkle to this handicap. Last year, it did go chalk, but we weren't uh, dealing with an odds-on favorite. Matty Beniers was plus four fifty uh, to win the Calder before the season started. I don't. I want to say he ran away with it because uh, a lot of the awards were were kind of cooked by by Christmas because of McDavid and what the Bruins were doing. But he did start to really separate himself uh, down the stretch. So comfortably, he comfortably won it uh, in the end, and I think people are going to be expecting Bedard to do it. Nick, you, you've you been saying, you said on our Western Conference preview, you alluded to it a little bit that you just have a really hard time seeing anybody making e- this number seem even outrageous. Uh, it, to me, it seems outrageous because you're you're talking about a guy stepping up from, from juniors to the NHL and dealing with the rigors of playing in the National Hockey League for 82 games. Uh, so there's always going to be a little bit of variance with that. But is the Bedard, is it, should you just go with the Bedard route here or? Well, I wouldn't bet
0: Bedard because I agree there's enough uncertainty. But I think when we look at prospects of his caliber, which is essentially none, uh, they've been paying off. I don't think some of the guys people are classing him with. I think he's so likely to be a better player than them. Like I view him as like a like floor Matthews, which I know is pretty crazy to say. But I really think he's going to come into the league and dominate his offensive skill is Insane his ability to get defenders to bite with his shot. Like I don't think that's just going to go away. He's so smart. He's so talented. He looks after himself incredibly well. I think he pays off with maybe like 35 and 70 or more, which I think is going to be enough. So that has me not loving any of the long shots here. If I had one, I think Levi at 20 to one is a pretty good number just because he's so likely to be their starter in Buffalo. Uh, He's got the talent to go off too. Um, So if he comes through with a huge season and he's the full-blown starter and they get in the playoffs, maybe that's enough. And then the other thing is, the voters are going to want to give it to Bedard. I think. Like, I think if you get in like a close to tied situation with Bedard being in the vote, that's probably not the dream because I think looking back at history, like they're going to want to give it to this to the new stud coming in, who could be a borderline generational player. I, I don't really want to go against that narrative, so I think Bedard's probably going to pay off in this race. I'm I'm all over him. I think he's going to be uh, pretty dominant this season.
1: Yeah. A couple I thought about. I I don't think I'm gonna make any plays here. Uh, I thought about uh, Leo Carlson. Now he's like 28 to one, just because I think he's gonna play the whole season for Anaheim and uh in and in a pretty prominent role. Number two overall pick behind Bedard, so you know he's the goods. And then uh, I also thought about Logan Stankoven in, in Dallas because I think that they're gonna be quite good. He might not crack the opening day roster but he should get a pretty hard look there. They're more than willing to play the kids, as we've seen with with Wyatt Johnson and company. Um, but like you said, I just think that Bedard's... It's basically, will he get to 60 points? And I think that it's the answer to that question. It's, it's a resounding yes, which I'm not going to lay it. And we can talk about how you know Sidney Crosby didn't win the Rookie of the Year in his rookie year. I mean, it went to Alex Ovechkin, so it's not like it didn't go to a star.
0: 106 points for... Yeah, old. I know. And still he's, gonna, he's still so. going to
1: get it, right? Like, but it didn't go to McDavid, but it did go to McKinnon. It went to Matthews. It went to Makar. So uh, it's not like we, we don't see the big names come out and just run away with it. Uh, and, and on your, uh, your Levi point, can you tell me who the last goaltender to win the Calder
0: Trophy was? Not too long ago, about 14 years. Is it Cam Ward? Oh, no, I guess that wouldn't have been... No, that would have been the wrong year. No. Steve Mason. With the with the oh, my, oh yeah, I it. never
1: would have guessed <laughs> that we could be here all day, <laughs> uh. But uh, Tim, you you have a goalie to talk about as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, first off, the whole Bedard thing. You, you, when you talk about this guy and you're trying to, you know, think of a reason not to bet him, you really have to nitpick because he is a generational talent. But I think it's a legitimate concern to. Think about his health. Can he stay healthy for this entire season? You know, like you said, the jump from junior to the NHL. But Dard's, he's slender. Like he's little. He's still, he still he's still
0: unit have- Tim. He's, he's huge. I, he, like he's already built like Crosby. He's like a little house. I don't know. I I don't buy that argument either. Maybe I'll be wrong. I put a but lot they'll of. They'll be
1: careful. I think the 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 better argument is how careful they'll be with him. Like, okay,
2: fair enough. like a, like a Steven Strasburg. Like, is he on a pitch count? Like, he's, he's, he just strikes me as I watch this guy and I say, he's so quick. No one's, you never see him get lined up. And, you know and again who would have, I'm never not rooting for that to happen I just think it's very much a possibility it the NHL's hard 82 games in that league and you don't think everyone's gonna make his life hell every time he's on the ice finishing checks make him feel it oh you know hot shot prospect like I think it's I can't play the number not just because of the juice I think it's a legitimate concern like does he stay healthy and I know uh um mcdavid's injury his rookie year was a freak injury but Still, am I wrong? Nick, you think I'm wrong?
0: <laughs> I honestly, I really don't agree with this just because I think there's so many forwards who play at his size and aren't as strong as him. Like, he's so fit. Every, he's such a hockey nerd. Like, everyone who follows this, <laughs> I just think, to me, it's putting a lot of credit into it being that much harder. And I agree, guys are going to get injured for sure, but I don't really view him as being more injury-prone than the rest of forwards who play at, like, 192 pounds, if you know what I mean. Like, I think yep. he gets... He deserves to be about fairly credited at that he is gonna get picked on, but he also has crazy awareness. like I don't worry too much about him leaving himself in bad spots. so for me i I'm willing to put some stock in this. I'm gonna hate it if he struggles because <laughs> I really don't think he's gonna and I want to watch him dominate. but yeah, we'll see how it goes.
1: I just keep thinking about how a, a lot of times with these kind of favorites, like with Mcdavid last year with the with the heart, you get to November and you're just like, I made it i'm i, I I made it more complicated than it needed to be. Yeah.
0: Right? Like that's a really it, good point though, because last year that was like my best position was one week into the year I looked at what David had done, how the Oilers were gonna play, and I was like, Okay, hey, these numbers are cooked. Like they're they're <laughs> still offering plus one twenty for Heart, plus two fifty for Rocket. I remember there was one night I think got like a hat trick overnight, it moved like from plus three fifty to plus two fifty. So that's a really good point because you can kind of jump these. And this is probably a really good example of one where you I wouldn't want to get tied up in a ton of positions. It feels like almost sometimes the more you know in betting, like when I know hockey, you know all the players, you suck yourself into more positions sometimes. I think some of the MLB guys did this this year when I looked at, when I just kind of reviewed the seasons uh, markets. So I think that's a pretty good point of just being like, try to watch it. You don't necessarily need to hammer in a bunch, especially with rookies. Like who knows what role. Yeah. Like I think Marichenko or Sorry, the caps guy. I can't even say his name, but anyways, I think he could be. He could end up being interesting if he looks really likely to get a top line role. But you don't need to worry about that right now. You might as well see how it goes.
2: Yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll just give mine real quick here, but you know, to just to tie it together, I never intentioned on. I never never thought that as the youngest guy on the podcast here, that I would be the one being like the NHL is tough. It's physical. This guy can't do it. You know, I never thought that would be my stance, but I guess that's where I landed. And so I looked at, uh, at Logan Cooley 12 to one. Yeah. I got mesmerized by, by the goal in Australia. It was sick. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to play it for some peanuts. And then Dustin Wolf, the goalie out in Calgary, this is just a product of being brainwashed by Nick to how good he is he's at 70 to 1 so yeah a little pizza money there i again i don't want to totally go all out fading badar because i don't really know who i would love to fade badar with but yeah so yeah blame nick for my uh
0: wolf um, Wolf. brainwashing it sounds scary like with his role that they're still gonna you know probably start him as a third goalie but i couldn't agree more like i i and if we get like kind of word maybe something changes or if they yeah. did move Ladar which seems a little, exactly. little less likely now but definitely want yeah, to keep I
1: think down. I think Wolf is a uh, is one to have circled more than maybe you don't need to play him right now but uh cuz <laughs> one thing you could tell you can almost feel 100% confident in uh with sports books and NHL betting and then when you go the next level down which is NHL awards betting uh, that if Dan Vladar gets traded by the Calgary Flames on Friday, I don't think that they're going to be like, we got to take the Dustin Wolf number down, right? Like, it's it's going to still be there. So you can probably wait that one out as well. Uh, That's a
2: good point. I'm trained with uh, coming from the NFL and the right. college football yeah. over here. I think it's We're Heisman betting over but... here, Tim. Yeah, it's a little different. A yeah, I'm like this guy, this guy might be the backup is a lot better to play him now because it's going to get cut in half when the, when the quarter, when he replaces the starter. That's not the case.
1: And we, we can, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. norris trophy this is giving out to uh the best defenseman uh we have another clear favorite he's not odds on but kale, it's kale mccarr's award to lose per the bookmakers plus 160 to win it and then there's like a decent jump down to the rasmus dollines adam fox Miro or and, and quinn hughes of the world um i like a couple guys here at, at, at long odds i like evan bouchard and To the point I was just talking about. He's 50 to 1 now. He was as high as 66 for most of the summer. And you know, I I bet it early. And then I know some other people were betting it. And it, it, it took a long time for it to move because I think people were waiting for you know training camp before they start getting their their hockey portfolio stuff together. Um it's now 50, but I still like that number. It's the best opportunity for any defenseman in the league to just rack up points. He's gonna be power play quarterback. Uh, with that Oilers historically good power play, McDavid, Dreisaitl, et cetera. He could sleepwalk. All three of us could probably tally 20 points if we were the quarterback for, for that, that power play for a full season. Um, So I like that number. I think it should be much shorter considering the the potential he has to put up the, the most points in uh, among defensemen in the league, which is usually, this award is usually just given out to the defenseman who has the best offensive year. And in a similar vein, I like Mikhail Sergachev. He's a 100-to-1. Last year, the Lightning handed the keys to power play one to him over Victor Hedman. I think he's clearly the number one defenseman there. I think that the Lightning would be wise to to kind of handle Hedman with kitty gloves and try to keep him as fresh as possible if they are going to make the playoffs. Sergachev jumped from 38 points to 60-plus last year, so I think that there's even more room for growth. He could be an 80-point threat. With on that power play with Stamkos, Kucherov, uh, and Point, so one hundred to one, I think is my favorite number that's still out there. Uh, it, and the Norris is is the hundred to one on on Sergeyev, but I I do still quite like Bouchard, uh, and I know that uh, Timmy, you're in on uh, on the Bouch bomb as well.
2: All in, all in. I think when I was with you over the summer, you told me to get this in, and I already had it in. that's uh, essentially this award. Is actually it's not easy to handicap, but we are handicapping who is going to essentially have the most points. And what a better opportunity than to be the quarterback of the Edmonton Oilers power play? I cannot believe like, this number should to me should be like you know, ten to one. I I don't know. It's it how he's gonna have yeah, he should every be in that third tier
1: with like with like McAvoy and and Hughes. I think yes. Yeah probably, but it's just, he, he's, he scored, he had like 40 some points last year. I don't think he's a known commodity yet amongst like casual fans. Uh, that stuff's playing into this. Um, but he, he's got a, a chance. Tyson Barry, it, you know, I, I forgot to mention Like Tyson Barry ran this power play until the trade deadline. So Bouchard only took it over down the stretch and he put up a point per game. So yeah, in, the,
0: in the playoffs, he put up 17 and 12. Yeah. Like so. this guy
1: has... If a sports book would, would be willing to put out like, will Evan Bouchard post a hundred point season? I I'd love to see what the odds were on that because I would take it. I would love to say yep. you know take the yes at a big number because uh, I think he's got that kind of upside with this power play. Uh, anyway, sorry Tim.
2: No, it's by far my my favorite bet on the board. I just think you just set you can set your clock to that Oilers power play. Love love Bouchard, and then I looked also. Um, You know, Carlson, 20 to one. Look, if he, you know, what he did last year in San Jose, I think, why can't he do that with a better roster or a more skilled roster, I would think, in Pittsburgh. So numbers a little short. But again, if we're just kind of moving to the middle of the board, I have my eye on that. And also Dougie Hamilton. Twenty-five to one. I think this also fits the bill of a defenseman that gets to benefit from a incredibly skilled forward group. He can just have apples all day long, and maybe it's uh, I have a little. I just have it stuck in my head from how many overtime games I lost uh, via Dougie Hamilton goals. So if you can't beat him, join him. Uh, I am going to look at Dougie twenty-five to one.
1: Yeah, I I could see a, a pretty good argument for for Dougie uh, as well.
2: And the media um, loves him. The media loves him. Like they love yeah, Dougie.
1: Yeah, Dougie. 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 Uh... He's definitely one to consider, I think, uh, in that range. Nick, uh, you're going a little bit shorter on us uh, with your pick.
2: Boo.
0: Yeah, I, well, I think Bouchard's great, so you got to uh, add that. But I'm going to go with the guy who's definitely the best player out of any of these picks with uh, Dallin. I think the same thing. Buffalo's going to score like crazy. Hopefully gets a little credit for being one of the ones actually driving the bus. So Last year he was almost at a point per game. If he can up that a little bit, get us to about a nice flat even or a nice flat 80 points. I love our chances here. So um Dalling's my favorite. I think you guys make great cases for Bouchard, and that he's a really good pick with how he's gonna score in this race. And um yeah, I think we got a good uh plethora of picks there with those. I don't mind Sergachev either, I should should say, for a off long shot. There's one early, there's one later in this pod that I'm probably gonna have to go ahead and roast a little bit, but this these (laughs) two, I think you got some great long shots here. So yeah, I I have a feeling we're gonna
1: get to that one uh, right now. Let's talk about the Vezina Trophy. Igor, uh, excuse me, Ilya Sorokin is is the favorite uh, at most books, but he's right up there with uh, Igor Shosturkin, Yusaros, Connor Hellebuck, Um, but there are some big numbers out there and all three of us have two picks uh, and there's no crossover here. So we're all kind of attacking in, in different ways. I'll start with you, Nick. You are taking one of the favorites uh, off the board here, which it's hard to argue with in terms of logic, but it's just not that much fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you're just not going to play a Ranger. So first, first, I think uh, Shusterkin plus 600. That's a good number. He's with Vasilevsky out of the picture. I mean, he's right there with Sorokin as the actual top goalies in the world, I'd say. We can count on him dominating. Uh, You know I'm a little low on the Rangers, but if they come through, and the reason I'm scared to put much stock into that is because I know how it's going to look with Shusterkin. I'm not big on John Quick at all, which makes me like this market more because they're going to lean on Shusterkin. He's more likely to put up more wins, bigger sample of hopefully him dominating and people viewing it as him carrying the team. So I think plus 600 with what he's shown. I have, he was so good in the postseason last year after what was a bit of a down year, but I really have no doubts that he's just going to continue to be one of the best goalies in the world. So for me with Shusterkin setting up in a pretty good spot here, that is a chalky play I'm happy to make. And then the other one, that's but Nick, I want to jump
2: real quick. That also helps yeah. with Laviolette helping, you know, lock things down with their system as well. No,
0: maybe I don't. <laughs> whatever, I don't buy In Lavie theory. that much. He's a great In coach, theory. but anyway, has been by, by LaVie. And He's got he's got those first year Lavie things going, but <laughs> I think realistically, this is mainly just a play on how good I think Schuster can truly is compared to the other guys. I think he probably him and Sorokin are the only ones I think we know we're going to perform are most likely to perform as one of the top goalies. And then, yeah, my second one, I think it's a good combination of things with Thatcher Demko at 30 to one. The Canucks could be considerably better. They're going to want to be the attention to detail defensively is going to be huge coming out of camp. You know, that's what uh talk. thought was the biggest joke last year. So who knows? Maybe they take steps forward on that front and uh Demko's proven that he can play at a top level. The season before everyone was talking about how dominant he was and, He easily could have been in the Vesna race, um, if not for the fact... Like, he completely dragged them during that Boudreaux initial turnaround. And it seems like that almost got got forgotten last year with how things went. I think if he's healthy, this is another one you could probably try to really maximize the week to see what you're thinking about him. But all signs are that things should be pretty good. And I think that's just too long a number with how uh, he might end up carrying the Canucks.
1: Uh, all right, we have one more reasonable pick, and then we've got three that uh, are pretty disgusting. So let's get to that reasonable pick first, Tim, uh, and then we'll we'll talk. We'll talk yeah, some crazy stuff.
2: Yeah, Jake Ottinger. Um, I think I expect Dallas to be good once again. And when you're looking at the Vesna, I mean, all these goalies split time now, and uh, Ottinger's been consistently a workhorse when it t- comes to games played. 62 games played last year. I look at when we get to the finish line of Vesna voting, one of the things um, that a lot of the voters bring up is, did this guy play enough games to qualify for you know the uh, us saying, yes, he is the best goalie in the league? So Ottinger, I think that because I get the almost, not guarantee, but the the situation with Ottinger and, and him being a workhorse. So, and he's pretty damn good too. So 12 to one, I had to have a reasonable pick to go out with my long shots that <laughs> leave off probably pleased you leave off when you saw this on the list.
1: Yeah. So I think that uh, we kind of arrived at um, two goalies that through a similar path here. Um, yours is Jack Campbell. Mine is Marc Andre Fleury. I have another one that I'll give at the very end as well. But uh, Campbell's 150 to one. Fleury is 200 to one. And I think what we're both counting on here is decent teams. I'm not too high on Minnesota, but they could be good. So he should be able to rack up wins. And what I'm betting against here is that Philip Gustafson is really the goods. And I think you're kind of betting against is Stuart Skinner, after a good rookie season, really the goods as well? And they both teams have very easy to go to veteran backups 1b options like jack campbell's on a five-year five million dollar per contract mark-andre Fleury is mark-andre Fleury. so even if there's a slight hiccup from skinner in edmonton or um gustafson in in minnesota i don't think either coach is going to be too concerned about going to the backup and, and it's such an easy choice to make right they're not going uh it's not like Jonas Johansson or Christopher Gibson, right? These are bona fide NHL veteran goalies. Now, Flurry has been terrible for quite a bit, but he has in the past bounced back in a huge way. The year he won the Vezina, the season before that, he was like minus 16 goals below expected. And then he just bounced back and was terrific. So that's what I'm betting on here. It's a great defensive team. Maybe they make his job easy. Will he get to the threshold needed, like in terms of games played? Almost certainly not. But he's 201. to one. He won the award three years ago, and he is a media darling. So I think his the performance that he needs to win this award is like three notches below what Sorokin or Shosturkin would need. That is how I'm handicapping this. I think that there's a you're you're it's a big parlay. You're betting against Gustafson. You're betting on the Wild to be good, and you're betting on Flurry to remain healthy and be really good. And uh, this parlay comes out to me like a 200-1. I think that's pretty fair and a, and a fun bet. So uh, not a guy I usually bet on. I, in fact, I, I bet against him all the time in uh, in game by game. But <laughs> I'll go here. Uh, what are your thoughts with Campbell?
2: Yeah, same thing. Uh, checks The boxes it checks off. Really good team. Um, way too much money invested in him to not at least – you know, give him another shot or have a short leash leash um with the, with a you know young second year starter and then um lastly like you said with flurry media loves them some jack campbell media loves them some jack campbell so look again well, if this isn't the nfl you can't just cut this contract this is a hard cap league you can't not play this guy and give him a fair shake so that same type of parlay check off all those boxes it adds up to 150 to one why not
1: nick were these the uh, long shots you wanted to roast
0: yeah i can't do either of those <laughs> i think the, on top of not being that good which is probably fair it seemed like last year he even commented on a lot. He's just withered. like He's, he's old. If he has to play 50 games, my problem is that those aren't going to go good by the end. So that's my knock there. I, the Campbell I see a little more. But the other thing is I still don't think Edmonton are that good defensively. So he's, he's fighting such an uphill battle.
2: Doesn't matter.
0: are gonna get wins. <laughs> I mean, one of you, one of them's probably gonna go on some good run, and you're all gonna, you're both gonna be messaging me about it. So, well,
1: well, what about Vitek Vanacek? 175 to one. The Devils are gonna come into the season with him and Akira Schmidt as their goalies. I, the Devils have the potential to be the president, a runaway president's trophy winner. I don't, I'm not saying they're gonna put up the, the same numbers that the Bruins did last year, but to at least be the the, uh, the president's favorite trophy favorite from wire to wire. Uh, and Akira Schmid was great in that series against the Rangers, but I don't think he's, they're just going to take the keys away from Vanacek and give him to Schmidt. And I think he'll have a pretty short leash as well if he is the 1A guy uh, out of the gates. So Vanacek like has the like... potential to just like post a ridiculous win-loss and be good enough, I think, um, for, for that to just get him on ballots.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that's a really good point. And I did the dive. I think I've done it two years in a row that, I mean, it's like you're always debating how obviously if you have a dominant goaltender, you're going to win a lot of games. But this award does go to guys who finish on teams. I think the average for I did like a 15 year average and they were averaging the guys who were nominated. It was like seventh place in the league was their team. It was something crazy like that. So it does show you really are kind of fighting an uphill battle if you're on a bad team so the Devils should be a pretty strong defensive team. They're going to win a ton of games. I like that, definitely over Flurry or uh, Campbell. I think I think Vtex a pretty good call there.
1: Okay, uh, this is going to be the Andre Tarigny Hour, Jack <laughs> Adams Trophy. So this market is always mispriced. You can just always guarantee it is. Uh, this is for the Coach of the Year, and usually how the bookmakers price out the the board is they just list the coaches on on good teams near the top for the most part so rod brendamore of the carolina hurricanes is your favorite he's seven to one uh there's never going to be like a clear consensus favorite in this market either that's the other thing uh then it's lindy ruff of the devils uh then don granado for for the sabers who everyone expects to be good and the kind of darlings of the year woodcroft laviolette jared bednar of the avalanche etc like we're going down the list here but for the most part you don't want to be shopping near the top uh jim montgomery i believe was around 22 to 1 uh going off last year won it going away because you can't not give it to the guy who guides a team in his first year behind the bench to a record-setting regular season so what you're really betting on here is what what coach is going, what coach is going to get either like the biggest improvement out of his team. Uh, maybe weave the best narrative story for his team or who's, which team is going to exceed their preseason expectations the most. Those are the three things. Sometimes it all combines into one. one. Um, and all three of us have landed on the same guy. We've talked about him, Nick and I during the Western conference preview and, This is someone who I go on Sirius XM NHL radio radio every now and then in July, I talked about this being my favorite bet for the summer Uh, on Terygny. I went on an NHL.com fantasy draft thing. And this number lasted from when the board was posted. It was, it was a hundred to one and it finally started to get slashed over like the last eight days. In fact, like right after Nick and I recorded our Western conference preview, I started to notice that the number was, was coming down and it's still, a really good number though like this is what i was trying to say to uh to tim about the dustin wolf thing these sports books are just not going to notice three losers like us sitting here talking about andre terigny winning the jack adams they would notice it if we were talking about uh andy reed or someone right like or whoever the texans coach is they're good this year right tim so like yeah w- like that stuff gets noticed right away but in the nhl it's a little different story so it's still out there at 66 to 1 uh, and I guess I'll speak for all three of us. I still love it uh, at that price. The Coyotes are plus down to plus 450 at some sportsbooks to make the playoffs. If the Coyotes make the playoffs, he's going to win this award. Nick, uh,
0: any, any more spare thoughts on Terygny and anybody else you like here? Yeah, I mainly just like Terygny. I think you touched on a really good ex- So if you look at it compared to a Don Granado, I think is a good example here because I don't think their chances are that that much longer than Buffalo's realistically and then you are also going to get everyone wanting to vote for arizona getting in like i think that narrative is so enticing and the key here well there's a couple but the Central's so weak like i'm not very high on many of the teams so they're gonna have such a chance this isn't pumping up buffalo or ottawa to get out of the atlantic and steal a spot this is like there's two and a half teams that i think are locks to be good really just two so that that's really enticing on that front. And then, yeah, we talked about it last week. The bottom six was going to be so much better. They went out and signed actual NHL players to play there compared to what they'd had. And that's a sneaky big difference compared to what was there when it was just clearly the worst bottom six and bottom of the roster in the league. Like, it really wasn't very comparable. They just had, you know, available NHL bodies that were pretty much pricks but couldn't play hockey very well. The closest thing we had to just old school kind of enforcers hanging around and now we've got guys that can eat minutes like kerfoot and not just lose them you know maybe nothing will happen in those minutes but that's fine by them they actually have a pretty good top six with cooley in the mix i think sean dersey has a ton of upside uh both in fantasy and just in helping them be a lot better and then matt Dumbo's coming off his worst season he's only 30 or might even be only 29 so i'm willing to bet on that guy bouncing back uh both goalies are good. So, yeah, I think there's so many avenues to this team being better than people expect. And they're still viewed as the biggest joke in the league playing out of a 3,500 arena or 3500 attendance arena. Love all that. I think if they're competitive, he's in the mix. And they're way more likely to be competitive than I think people are thinking.
1: When we, when we talk Conn Smythe later in the season, we always talk, you know, if the, the correlation of if the New York Islanders win the Stanley Cup, you can basically count on it C- earlier sorokin winning the the uh the stanley cup you you basically need to to be a prerequisite it's like a prerequisite that you need to win the stanley cup to win the award but there'll be like one or two guys that could win it without winning the being on the stanley cup winner we said like mcdavid last year dry uh, could do it i think turigny is the only coach on the board where if his team misses the playoffs like if the coyotes missed by three points he'll still be on the ballots. Like if he has them playing like a very meaningful game, like game 79, where it's, if they win, they stay alive. Like he's still around. So that is uh, another uh, kind of feather in his cap. Tim, any thoughts?
2: Yeah, just to wrap it up. I like what you said. And it's a handicap on, you know, essentially surprise of the year or or most improved. And the reason I don't like the guys at the top is because those teams were already good. Even even uh, the Sabres, like they already were pretty good last year. They did their surprise thing. So that's why, you know, I don't like the Granada number like, you know, and then with the whole Arizona situation, okay, let's go to the, if we want like a most improved, let's find the lowest bar. And then we just get to have to, you know, clear a really low bar. Um, so that's why I tend to like that. And, you know, what if Bettman says, Hey, hey, writers, you know, th- throw Arizona a bone a bit. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of struggling with this whole Arizona thing. Kind of give them some love. You think you guys could kind of, you know, come on, help, help us out. Be a good story. Right. So that's why I like, um, you know, that whole Arizona, I don't, you know, clip this. I like the whole Arizona situation for this bet. Um But yeah, in, in the same kind of breath, I'm looking at uh, Pascal Vincent just because I like the media narrative in terms of, Hey, no Babcock. Oh wait, this team still performed really well. And I think the blue jackets are going to be in the mix a bit. And I think the bar when we talk about a low bar to clear maybe that bar went down a bit after the whole Babcock situation people would be oh I'm pleasantly surprised with Vincent
1: yeah I think uh it's the old correlation of if you think the Blue Jackets are worth a bet to make the playoffs take the much longer number on on Pascal Vincent uh Nick I know you have another one before I get to that I want to just say one guy near the top who i think you can make a really good argument for now is john cooper he's never won the award which i think helps him in this uh, market and the fact that andre vasilevsky out for the first two months of the season plus maybe three months if if the lightning are able to tread water make the playoffs or even have like a an improved season from last year it could be cooper's award to lose so of the guys shorter than you know 40 to 1 i would i would Pick out Cooper is my favorite.
2: That's like a Leonardo DiCaprio Oscar. Like you know, they just get right, yeah, it was exactly. it was due. It was long overdue. Right. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, my other one's DJ Smith. I just think uh, the Sens are really likely to finally pay it off and get in the mix here. Especially I, we gave out last week and kind of sucked because we recorded that for any viewers who think maybe something sounded wonky. I think you did jump in there and say that on the pod mic, but uh, pre Vasilevsky news, I think it broke pretty much the day after we recorded. So anyways, the Sens moved from plus 130 to plus 110 to make the playoffs. Same kind of thing. He's 25 to one. I think that's a pretty good number to target a team that I want to buy. Everything's coming up pretty good for the Senators. Both goalies seem like they're in a pretty good place entering the year. And I think you can legitimately say they have a top third D core and a really good top six if Josh Norris is healthy. So I'm willing to keep betting into the Sens. I think there's a world where they actually get kind of a combination for Smith here where it's not even just getting into the playoffs. They get in as like a team that people are saying could actually do something and kind of a blend of one of those top teams with an over with uh, a team sneaking in based off where they were. So I think 25 to one for Smith is definitely my second favorite play on this.
1: Okay. Uh, Now we will wrap up with uh, the Selkie award given to the best defensive forward. Usually I, uh, well, I should say, usually I should say always, you know Nick and I have talked now a lot. Neither one of us have ever seen this market offered before, uh, before a season. So this is a a new market to bet into. Patrice Bergeron uh, has won the award basically every year he ever played. Uh, Maybe that's why. Maybe that's the why. Season. they finally I posted that I say that I think that kind of <laughs> plays into the the reason why sportsbooks weren't you know clamoring the gaming commissions to let us put this <laughs> award up, uh, and now they do. And Nico Heisher of the Devils is your Favorite lukewarm, he's five to one, but it's then you got a little bit of a jump to Mitch Marner, Alex, Alex Barka Barkov at 10 with marner uh, our boy Elias Peterson at 12 to 1 with Joel Erickson Eck and Andrey Kopitar. And there's some other you know names below 20 to 1 that get a lot of credit for being good defensive forwards, like the new captain in Calgary, um Michael backland and his teammate Elias Lindholm. Or Elias Lindholm, uh, Anthony Sorelli in Tampa, Philip Deneau, Austin Matthews, Jordan Stahl. These are the names we're dealing with. I think Nick's strategy that he's going to lay out here is probably the correct one to take. Uh, I don't really have much of an interest uh, in, in the market. I wish there were some longer numbers out there, but uh, the sports books, they saw us coming.
0: Yeah, I don't really think they know what they're doing here, though, because... This award is so reputation-based. Like You win it year over year. And when I looked at last year's vote and consider what I think Nico Hesher is going to be this year, like one of the biggest reasons I think the Devils are locked to be as good as they are is just because that 1-2 duo of Hughes and Hesher down the middle is so good. And he's such a strong defensive player. Last year's vote, Hesher had 41.2% of the vote. And now Bergeron's gone with his 97%. He was in on pretty much every single ballot, which seemed fair. I don't really know who the 3% who didn't have him there. Anyways, that's gone. And I think plus five plus 500 for just betting a guy trending into his true prime that was in this race last year and has the media rep of being a top 2A player, I think it's a great spot to just bet the chalk. And and I love Heischer and the Devils this season, so I'm not really afraid of that. I, I think if you wanted to spray on a couple guys at the top, they're all a little long. Like, There's so many names listed here, but some of them I just can't see getting votes. Like you look down the board just to pick a few random ones like Tim Stutzla, Matt Boldy, Jason Robertson, Sam... Well, maybe Robertson, but anyways, Reinhardt, whoever you want to pick. I think all those numbers need to be way, way longer. They're not going to come out of the blue and start collecting votes in this race. The one long shot too that I think is a little interesting if you weren't just going to spray at the top, Crosby's plus 2,800. That could be one that I think is an enticing media narrative. He was really good defensively last season. He he has that rep. And now with Bergeron out of the mix, that's one guy that hasn't really been getting the votes that I think could start to get there. He's 12th in votes last year. So I don't know. I think age 36, Sidney Crosby backing the media to find a way to get him the selk is reasonable. But yeah, I really like Keesha at the top. I think for plus 500, the chances he's on the ballot are so high and, just a great spot to bet this and it's uh first year on the board. Tim,
1: anything?
2: Yeah, well, it's funny. Yeah. You give 5 to 1 and I'm like, wow, that's really short cuz compared to the, all the bets we've been giving this show, but 5 to 1 is good value. So, <laughs> <laughs> for a minute I'm like, wow, actually 5 to 1's pretty good. So, I like where you are there Nick. I am going to kind of defer to you, but Lebov, uh no no Bo Horvat interest at uh, 60 to 1. <laughs>
1: You know, Bo should have gotten more credit for the way he played for the Islanders because they were missing Matt Barzell and JG Paggio down the stretch. So he was playing um, both the first and, and third line center roles. And I'll stick by that. So maybe, you know, it, look, I think that the the media, like Nick was saying, like their, their work has already been done for them in this market. They've just been waiting for Bergeron to be retired. Uh, and so he sure, you know, we hear our man, Jeff Merrick, talk about him all the time as like the heir apparent in this market you a lot of people talk about Sasha Barkov as the you know the quote unquote most underrated player 7 years running now in the NHL I think Philip Deneau is another one that you can have circled here Yeah 40 uh, to and, 1
2: for Deneau, I see
1: Yeah and, and Crosby at 28 is here's here's the other thing Crosby has going for him he's not going to win the Hart he's not going to win the Rocket Richard he's not going to win the Art Ross anymore like and we didn't even touch on the Art Ross because it's you know what it's hard to even find markets for it. And McDavid's just going to win it going away, but he's not going to win those awards anymore. And if he does have a good season, the penguins bounce back. I think that folks will try to write him in for something, whether it's, you know, the lady bank. Hey, if we got Selkie Selkie markets, maybe the lady Bing is next. Um, but that's for another time. Anyways. Yeah. So I, I think Crosby, if, if I had to play anybody, it would be Crosby. Uh, I just can't, I can't play. He shirt five to one. Uh, but I think Nick is onto something here. Any five to finals? one, minus,
2: might as well be minus money for Lebov. Yeah, years.
1: exactly. <laughs> five to one, I could just bet Galatasaray to beat Manchester United. If I want to bet five to one. Uh, all right, gentlemen, this was a lot of fun. Uh, Nick and I will be back for our fourth and final uh, season preview episode, which will come out Thursday. That will be uh, just a kind of rapid fire through our favorite bets across the board with Andy McNeil. You can follow him at Digital Gambler on Twitter. Uh, and then Tim, you'll be joining us a lot uh, for for our daily episodes, or I shouldn't say daily, but our, our regular episodes. We're looking at Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, for sure. We'll be doing Tuesday and Thursdays like we did last year, but we're trying to see if we can be able to squeeze in the Wednesday episode as well. Uh, those will start next week uh, as we get ready for opening night, which is Tuesday, October 10th. So we'll be back to preview those matchups uh, and wednesday matchups and hopefully the thursday ones and from that point on we're into the season so uh, get used to hearing our voices and uh, get used to betting on the arizona coyotes if this is your first time listening to line change get used to betting on the arizona coyotes because uh, you're gonna be doing it a lot for tim kalinowski for nick martin i'm michael Leboff. thank you for listening please rate review and subscribe thank you to our producer noah and we will see you again tomorrow